2: Welcome in to the KSR football podcast presented to you by our friends at Justice Dental, the best dentist in town, in the world, in fact, and they're right here in Lexington, two convenient locations, one on Wellington, one on Blazer. Uh, I need my teeth cleaned. You need your teeth cleaned. We all need our teeth cleaned. More importantly, it's your one-stop shop for all your dentist needs. You don't got to go to a bunch of different places, whether you need a root canal, cavity filled, whatever it may be. Just give Justice a dental call. Visit him online, justicedental.com, uh, or give him a call at 859-543-0700 to hang out with Doc Thompson or Doc, Dr. Justice today. We are Tonight we are with Freddie Maggard and Adam Luckett. No Drew Franklin. We can confirm he is alive, uh, hanging on by a thread. He was doing quite a bit of celebrating in New York City. Freddie was watching the game back in Central Kentucky. What uh, and I have made it back from Gainesville, and I'm going to have, I won't back down stuck in my head from now until, I don't know, Christmas time probably. And I, I'm not mad about it one bit.
0: Little Tom Petty never hurt anybody, Nick Rausch.
2: <laughs> We're a little off. Uh, Luckett and I have, we both made the drive there. He drove through the night. I just, there wasn't a lot of sleeping in Gainesville. Um, because we we were busy enjoying. It wasn't like we were out burning down the town. We were just blogging our fingers away because it was an historic win. Kentucky's first win, back to back wins down there since seventy six, seventy seven. Three wins in five years. Freddie Jordan Wright's beaten Florida more than he's lost to him. It's a it's a, yeah, it's a what a, yeah. what a
1: time to be alive. It's amazing. You know, I thought it was very fitting that Mark Stoops got his sixty first or the most wins of if any coach at Kentucky uh, with a victory in Gainesville you know, uh, for so long, for decades, a win at the swamp seemed impossible. It was, it was, it was not even a, a realistic goal to be honest with you. And, uh, to get the win down there was great. Uh, I enjoyed the game, you know, i really, to be honest with you, I mean, you guys were there. and had a better view than me, but I felt like Kentucky was at least a two touchdown better team than Florida. And, uh, you know, we can talk all we want about the game, but some the, the simplistic explanation that I have is the better program with a better team with a better players won the football game. Simple as that.
2: I, I'm I'm with you, Freddie. It was the point too where like Kentucky played I don't want to say poorly, but it was an average game. It was yeah. it was a very average performance offensively, and the Cats still had really no trouble. And like you said. They left some points on that scoreboard, like it. Like they could have, they could have easily turned this and ran away with this halfway through the third quarter and made this a three touchdown
0: game. Yeah, absolutely. I think there was some when Kedren Smith got the interception, pick six. I think there was definitely a thought: just don't lose the game on offense. Let's run the ball here. Let's ground this out because they're not scoring if they have to go 70-plus yards on Kentucky's defense. I think overall it was just a, a master class um, by Mark Stoops, Brad White, um, and, and that entire defense. I think that last year we didn't get to see really Jordan Wright and J.J. Weaver at full strength together. Yeah. And we saw it on Saturday, what that that those two guys can be um, as versatile pieces in the front that could do a lot of different things. And we're just a pain in the rear for Florida to deal with. I think you saw a Kentucky team that had Florida scouted inside and out. Um, new Billy Napier's tendencies um, were ready for wow. almost everything. Um, I just think it was – for Brad White and Stoops, I just think it was a class. Like, they were just ready for anything um, that – Florida was going to throw at them with Anthony Richardson, and they totally um, had him confused on multiple different levels. And, Nick, I told, uh, we talked about it during the game. Anytime on those short boots, he was scared to death to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a little three-yard dump pass, absolutely terrified to throw the ball. Um, and you just felt like that interception was coming when Smith – and they finally got one there. And then after that, it just felt like for Kentucky – it was all about just not, you know, making Florida earn it and making sure they didn't give any any cheap ones. And so, for me, it was all about the offense kind of figured some some stuff out with the run game in the second half. But overall, def- defense was the story. I mean, they just totally dominated uh, the football game. Well, and to your point about the
2: I, – I, I learned this today. I guess I missed this during the interview, but – they knew so, like they the, the tendencies were so buttoned up that they knew Freddie. Whenever they were if Florida was going to go tempo, Keith Smith knew they were throwing that hitch. He was sitting on it and yeah. just waiting for him to throw it. He knew the tendencies better than the other receiver did because other receiver was running a go route. I mean, they know the de- they knew Billy Napier's offense better than his own players did.
1: Yeah, that defense is just so well coached. I've I've been a huge fan of Brad White for quite some time and, and remain to be so. Uh, I just think he's tremendous. His plan, the players executed his plan to perfection. I know a lot of people are talking about the linebackers who played extremely well inside and out, but that defensive front kept kept the offensive lineman off of them. They were eating up blockers. Uh, Dion Walker, the the, the big uh, tackle for loss there, I thought the defensive line was the most improved a unit on the field on, on, on Saturday. Uh, But as much as we want to modernize Kentucky football and we've hired Liam Cohen, we've hired Mm -hmm. Rich Angarello and all this, we're going to do this, that, and the other. When the game's on the line in the second half, Kentucky went back to being Kentucky and did that very well and closed out the game, controlled the clock, ran the football, played explosive defense, shut down the opposing quarterback and, and, and win a game on a field goal and a special teams play. Even on special teams was was terrible, but I mean, as much as we want to say this is the new era and all that, Stoops was Stoops in his sixty first
0: victory in the swamp. Well, and he won the he won the game management battle. I mean, yeah. uh, against Napier, he just won it. it yeah. When it came down the fourth quarter, Stoops made the right right decisions. Um, Nap Napier didn't. Um, Unfortunate that they missed that that field goal. Um, yeah. rough all, but barely missed that. But overall, I think he just won um, in crunch time. I think he made he made the right decisions. Where Napier probably has a, one or two or three that he he regrets. And again, it was just it was you really. Mean it just, was a bad it,
2: idea to go for it on fourth down on your own thirty-seven yeah. yard line yeah. while you're
0: down one score. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, <laughs> can't believe that. And I can maybe understand the second one when your time's getting low right there, but the first one just the did not. One. Did not make it that's with the way they, they, that Jeremy Crosshaw was putting the football,
2: yeah, but yeah. Like you could pin him back, you can flip the field if you get a stop. I mean, he must have had a little faith in his defense, but that was uh, that first one was mind boggling. They went after Carrington Valentine, which uh, Carrington he gets crapped on by some in the big blue nation, right? Like, uh, especially after last year, that Tennessee game, there was a lot of people throwing darts at Carrington Valentine. Florida thought they could throw darts at him. They threw it his way eight times. He had more pass breakups than they had receptions when they threw it his way. He had th- three pass breakups to two receptions surrendered. An outstanding game from Carrington. I mean, th- that was the corners. I mean, they they both were outstanding. Freddie, it's an all-time defensive effort. And uh, as you said earlier, when talking about the offense, it really was a a Mark Stoops type football game, man. They they Mark Stoops got a little bit of bulletin board material that Roman Harper put on a tee, and they took on the personality of their head coach, and they were yeah. going to take that crap from nobody.
1: Well, I, I, one thing is Kentucky tackled extremely well defensively, which means uh, that they were in the right place, right time. That's a veteran defense. You have, a, you know, you have veterans at the, at the linebacker position uh, in particular, and Ty Asian was a fantastic uh, situational stopper. But that that whole defense tackled well. A lot of a lot of times, you saw Florida uh, get two or three yard gains It could easily have been a five yard gain if it you know inefficient tackling. But the Cats got them to the ground. And I, I think the tone was set for me on the on the first quarterback draw when Jacquez Jones met Richardson in the hole and said, "No, you're going straight down right here." I think that that was a a, a critical play. For the psyche of that Kentucky defense. And, and they kept somebody on Richardson. And, and, and here's where we are with Kentucky football. Outside linebacker Jordan Wright is as good of an athlete as Anthony Richardson. Cause when he when he when he extended the play, kept containment and ran him to the sideline and got him down, that was a that was an elite level athletic play from a 6'4, six, 6'5 six, outside linebacker.
0: Yeah, there was three. Whoa! Plays I think for Anthony Richardson. Like whoa, bad for him. The draw early, it was like where the hell did that guy come from? Right. Um, breaking Weaver Weaver gets the inside pressure. He breaks contained. Wright has him spied, and he can't he can't get the corner on Jordan right. Wright. And then the third the third <coughs> one was of course Jeff Wright's interception. I think those three plays I think combined just really put him. In a spot where he was seeing ghosts. Yeah. I think. Defense, like, out there. He was playing against – eight. it felt like, to him, he was playing against 18 defenders.
1: You know, I, Adam, I'm looking at his eyes during the game. It, it's very familiar to the eyes that I have on multiple occasions. I mean, <laughs> it's not defeated, but it's like, man, I I, I, I can't figure this out. I mean, Well,
2: because yeah. he's used to getting away with all that. Like, he – Yeah, He was running over dudes from Utah. He's never had linebackers that can keep up with him. This is just – he didn't know – I still remember it very clearly, like when Jason Hatcher got to Kentucky, and he was – he didn't have great technique because he's always been able to out-athlete everybody. It happens to a lot of kids where they were the best at their high school, and they just out-athleted everybody their entire lives. And then all of a sudden you run into – you have a moment where you can't just be – the best athlete in the field. He looks like Tarzan, but Kentucky made him play like Jane Saturday night.
1: Well, I mean, you know, he, he, I think there was a realization that I am i can't out-athlete these, these guys. I mean, one, they're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and two, they can run me down. I mean, it, Brad Black's game plan was just a, a piece of work, a piece of art mm-hmm. uh, that, I mean, you know, take that in the Missouri second half, or two of the better uh, defensive outings that I've ever seen in person. Uh, but then, you know, we've got to talk about the offensive line, you know, six quarters of, of bad. And then I tend to lean towards the field a little bit more here. Uh, the go to the locker room, that same locker room with John Slarman was presented the, the game ball and he held it up. You know, they come out of that locker room and then, you know, through some personnel, heavy tight ends, fullbacks and, Kentucky making the the mindset of we're going to get downhill running and did so. I thought the offensive line looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable in the second half, and and that's how smoke had his four yard four carries of ten plus yards.
0: Yeah, 107 rushing non sack rushing yards on 22 carries yeah. after halftime, um, just under five yards per attempt there. And obviously, Kavase Smoke, like Freddie just said, led the way. Um, I thought Smoke made some really big runs. Um, he had one down there towards the goal line, I believe, on the field goal drive where it was totally stuffed. He gave a jump cut to the outside, um, gets down there, gives them a second and manageable, I believe. Um, just that was really big, Nick. We've talked a lot about it with Smoke, like he's not going to be the efficiency machine that like Chris Rodriguez is, but he can he can provide chunk plays. Um, he he provided that to the offense um, in the second half, and I thought that 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 was huge. Laveau Wright had some good and bad moments, but overall. I think you just saw the offensive line start to grow with confidence as that game went on. And it wasn't just in the run game. I thought protection-wise they were a lot better yes. in the second half. They were picking up most of the same stunt calls that Florida was running in the first half. Just the communication was working better. Everybody seemed more comfortable. Um, and moving forward, that's the real – to me, that's what I'll be looking, watching closely. What, how, is how much did they grow um, in that moment? Because it felt like watching it that that was like – that, that group took a huge step forward. Now,
2: the, the the one thing, too, that we were all discussing going into this game, it felt like it was coming to fruition early on, right? Because you had the busted quarterback draw. Um, you, you gave up a bad early sack. And you had Levis get his helmet popped off after they had a really good drive going there. Um, and w- the worries actually went away pretty quickly. And especially at left tackle, right? We, we had all this conversation about left tackle, left tackle. Can Corsi play left tackle? You remember um, in the Citrus Bowl, like the first play or two, he gave up a pressure. Well, Horsey ended up being the highest graded of all the offensive linemen out there, Uh, according to PFF. He kept the pocket clean from his side. um, Did a great job, really stepped up in the first game in his home state. or I shouldn't say first game in his home state, but the first game against his home state school down in the swamp, brought his A game, and we, we knew that Kentucky would help out uh, their guys some and it wasn't a, a lot of it was having effective play action pass with the tight ends. Um, I mean that I think there was what five catches among the tight ends. Um, and Keaton Upshaw got a little bit of confidence back too. So getting those guys involved early, I think was huge. And they they, they even rich coach Rich uh, Scangarello admitted after the game, like kind of wanted to go back there a little bit more. But that offense was cooking. They, they, they were they were cooking with gas. Uh, moving the ball on the ground. And I, I think just showing that confidence in the offensive line really uh, is going to build some momentum as as we work our way toward that old Miss game where Kentucky will get Chris Rodriguez back. Um, yeah. Yes, that happened today. We finally found out when <clears throat> and the Cats are getting Chris Rodriguez back. And, Freddie, for me, I, even though I think we all saw this coming about a mile away, um, it's just good to go ahead and get that out of there and we can – we can kind of move past it, right? Like, you know, yeah. like you got that date circled in your calendar. Uh, you got through the toughest task yet. And, and now number 24 is coming back with a vengeance in an important road game.
1: Yeah. Cause throughout the whole series of events, we've heard the whole season, we've heard eight games, four games, one, we, one we didn't know, but, but now there's an end date to this. And we know that Kentucky will get Chris Rodriguez Jr. Back for the Ole Miss game. Uh, You know, we're in game two, you know, getting ready to play game three of 12. So, there's a lot of season to be played. How good this Kentucky team is, we'll see. But it cannot be going – well, you can't say perfect because you lost Jalen Geiger. But it's going about as perfect a plan as you can can ask for.
2: And we don't have – uh, an exact update yet. Like there's no official prognosis. But and it's not yeah. Yeah, but I think everybody's pretty much preparing for yeah, uh, to to play without him uh for you know maybe as long as the rest of the season. But uh yeah. not, not ideal um at all. But like it in the spring we were talking a lot about the guy behind him. Right and the North Harden kid Jordan Lovett. He came in and, and as Stoops has said oftentimes about his team, Jordan Lovett did not flinch whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I think the one run they popped, the 40-yard run with Montreal Johnson, um, they may have gotten away with a hold there against DeAndre Square. And Carrington Valentine kind of takes a bad angle, misses a tackle. that probably shouldn't be made around the 12-yard mark. If you watch that play, Jordan Lovett shows some of that speed, like that long speed he has. Um, there's, there's tape of him coming down in the hole, taking on offensive linemen, making tackles. He just got a lot of range and a lot of potential um, from an athleticism standpoint on top of good size. Like you can see, you saw in the Florida game why the coaches were really excited about him in the spring, I thought. Um, Now it's just he's got to do it over a large sample size and consistently do it. And communication, I think, is going to be big for him. Um, But it's good that he's playing next to a super senior, but he came in, and surprisingly to me, they didn't really miss a beat um, with Geiger out. I thought, I mean, he just he fit, he fit in like a glove. Um, that, I think the secondary in general was awesome, and he was a big part of that um, for most of the game. So um, he adds some athleticism, I think, to that back end, um, which could be interesting to have, especially as you know. A run filling safety or blitzer that they might use um, with him, and so he's got some real, real athletic traits on a six foot two, two hundred plus pound frame, um, and he's sh- he's shown playmaking at, through his prep career at North Hardin, tied the country in interceptions as a junior in his first season ever playing defensive back. Um, so I think the ceiling's really high with him, and he he really really flashed, and I think Kentucky's roster building really shows up here. In the secondary, specifically at safety, they've lost Vito Tisdale and Jalen Geiger. Like at spring football, that was two starters that are not playing are going to play snap the rest of the season. It's looking like, but still, you feel like Kentucky's in good shape. You get Tyrell Aiden back for a super senior season. Love it's been a nice development sto- developmental story. You add Zion Childress, you have him back there. You still have Taj Dotson, um, who played on Saturday specifically special teams. So you still got, I think, four guys you feel solid about. Um, so I think Kentucky, you got to give them real credit. They did a really good job building that secondary in the offseason and that depth being tested. But I still think they're in a solid, solid shape here. Um, losing Geiger does hurt, but there there is something intriguing, I think, about having Lovett in there, because I think he could bring a certain level of playmaking.
2: He, he really can. Um, and. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad you alluded to the the roster building. Like, Freddie, as much as next man up is the the thing you say, it that's easier said than done, right? Like, actually going out and doing it is is difficult. Um, but Kentucky's got guys. I mean, we saw guys, um, in that two deep. I know the starters really played well, but you know, Walker was rotating in and he had that big monstrous play. Um, a lot of different bodies playing, and then th- going back to the offense, right? Like. Chauncey Magwood, we were talking about a lot of guys in this preseason, and I, Chauncey Magwood has been one of the uh, best surprises, I think, so far of the, the young season, Freddie.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I liked him come out of high school, played three positions for a state championship caliber team in Georgia, uh, liked his diversity in his game, and, and he's playing well. I mean, competition to do that for you, though, Nick. I mean, there's a lot of dudes trying to get snaps <laughs> at receivers, so – you either get better or you get left behind. But I, I I rewatched the game again for the third time and I noticed something like with eight twenty five or something to go in the fourth quarter, I look out Kentucky's got twos in the front seven, uh, their second team, and and Jordan Lovett behind them and did not miss a beat. I mean it it was got a critical stops and this is the deepest I think I've seen this front seven at Kentucky and probably since I've been doing this. And and they just, you know, when you can rotate fresh bodies up front, the linebackers get the credit. But I really thought that defensive line got a good push and kept the blockers off those linebackers so they can make plays.
0: Yeah, Nick, that class of 2021 starting to show out here. You mentioned Chauncey Magwood, Jagger Burton Burton starting. Uh, Khalil Saunders, I think, has played as good as anyone along that front um, through two games. We just mentioned Magwood. There's there, there's just some guys. There. There's Lavelle Wright has played mm-hmm. Trevin Wallace. I thought played well um, against Florida. That got about it, a dozen just, snaps in. Jordan Dingle um, has, has flashed a little bit as a pass catcher early. That that group that group is looking like a good one, and that that, that those players are starting to make an impact, and that's good to see. Cause we we know how. Good. Everybody's wanting to talk about this, or how much everybody's wanting to talk about the 2022 class, but that 2021 class has gotten contributors. And Chauncey Magwood, back to him, he made some big catches yeah. in that second oh. half. The deflection, and then he they what Levis hits him on a third and ten to get 14, 15 yards to extend Huge the drive. Huge conversion. Huge yeah, conversion. He was quietly had a had a very big impact on the game.
2: That uh that tip drill, it ain't easy either. You know, I mean, you see it happen all the time uh, defensively where you're just so close, uh, but no cigar. And, you know, I know some people that they get that feeling as well uh, when they got a little action on the game. And one way you can get some action on the game is by playing with prize picks this fall. Football, it's all the way back. And there isn't a much better way to enjoy watching your favorite teams than by playing Daily Fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks, it's the simplest form of real money daily fantasy. Just pits you against the numbers, you know, And it's it's fun because you can play the numbers, whether it's Monday Night Football with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call, which is kind of weird, or whether you're playing college football and and with Will Levis, as you see on the screen right now, the Prize Picks they're being kind. They're even throwing out like, oh, Derrick Henry, he only needs to get. At um, one touchdown, right? Like you feel pretty good about that. You pick a few players, you go more or less, right? And if your if yours hits, you win big. Win big by playing Prize Picks today. Download the app. If you deposit hundred dollars, you can get an instant one hundred dollar bonus. That's right. They'll they'll use use the promo code KSR. They'll double your deposit up to a hundred. Dollars when you're playing with prize picks, whether it's NFL, college, a little bit of everything in between. Um, just do not, whatever you do, do not involve a Gus Malzon coach team in any of your prize picks play. Whatever you do, Gus will torpedo it into the ground because there was no easier lock in the history of locks than Louisville losing Friday night, and Gus found a way to do it. Freddie Scott Satterfield is two and nine in his eleven games as an underdog in. The only two wins are against UCF and Gus Malzahn. Something about Gus – like, no wonder Auburn got rid of that guy. He needs to go back to high school coaching in Arkansas. What a yeah, freaking yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah, he does. That that was
1: – What a stupid football game. Yeah, that was a that was a stupid football game. <laughs> I read somewhere today that Nebraska's locked in on a young ACC coach. So, could it be uh, Satterfield to Nebraska? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Office coordinator, maybe. Oh man, yeah. You know what? There's something about. I will say thanks to Louisville because if you keep winning, like I, I, Scott Satterfield is the closest thing to Scott Frost we got around here. So I mean, if he keeps on hanging around, like fine by me. Right, fine by me. Um,
0: You you mentioned keep winning, like building momentum. Like that's why another reason why this week two win at Florida is just so huge. Yes, like it's just the ultimate table setter for this season.
1: Yeah, and Adam, it's a table setter for now, but down the road too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't underestimate what that win at, win at Florida will do for Jagger Burton, a redshirt freshman, that won that down there, for Deion uh, uh, Walker, who who had the tackle. Those young players to get to experience that, that not, that not only helps this year, but it helps down the line in our development. They they go to Florida and expect to win. They've never lost there. So I mean, it does a lot for that, and you know, we've really not gotten into the Levis uh, versus Richardson discussion. Uh, I still have keep in contact with a lot of folks in the league, and uh, Will Levis helped his uh, helped his draft stock on Saturday night. Uh, he, he, you know, the the throw to key was something. You know, Adam, you you study it more than anybody. They want to see that deep ball, that deep accurate ball. Levis threw the ball what sixty-two yards in the air, and he just flicked his wrist. You know, I mean, he could have thrown it eighty-two yards in the air. So uh, I thought I thought Will represented himself well. I thought for the whole week that he was going to have to have a Heisman moment for Kentucky to win, but I didn't foresee the second half of Kentucky going back to old Kentucky and just on, uh, dominating line scrimmage.
0: They didn't have to ask him to win the game. Like that was probably the biggest surprise of yeah. the whole thing. It's not that he couldn't do it. They just didn't need him to do it. They right, yeah, yeah. And so that was the biggest uh, re- revelation. I think for Levis as a prospect, I think how he handled getting hit, coming back, not losing his cool, talking up his linemen, just keeping everybody engaged and ready. And never, The moment never looked too big for him. Mm-hmm. He was ready for that moment. He had throws he wants back. He had ball – some ball placement he probably wants back. Um, but overall, he showed that he was in in control and was steady Eddie back there. And I think that's exactly what – looking back, that's exactly what Kentucky needed to win that yeah. game because when the, when the boat was rocking, he was the one that they leaned on yeah. um, there. And he made the big throw to Key and he kept them alive. Even the the one turnover, I, I don't know how much you can really put on him. I mean, that was just kind of a fluke play. It bounced right to the Florida guy.
2: Got his head grabbed in the middle of it, too, and they just mm-hmm. completely missed that call. But he,
0: he hit on explosive completions, averaged over eight yards per attempt. I just think it was a really good uh, game from the quarterback. And then Kentucky just – it was very much an NFL game in that yeah. um, limited possessions, you only had so many snaps. You felt like it, your defense had a big advantage, so you were leaning into that. Um, Kentucky was very much willing to play the field position game and to run the ball. And even though they weren't running it super effectively, they were efficient enough there at the end um, where it really put Florida in a bad spot. And that's what Kentucky has been built on. That's what they won games on in the past. And Stoops went to Old Faithful, and it worked on Saturday. And so I think it was – looking back, it was honestly best of both worlds because you got a good game from Levis. You got some st- real stuff to build upon. But you also there's also room for improvement. But you also found something hopefully in the running game, and hopefully that can translate and you can keep building here these next two weeks before you have to go down to the Grove. Football is a
1: game of attrition, and mm-hmm. the Florida defensive front seven wore down, and they they were worn down because there's lack of depth there, which I'm not feeling sorry for. And take the offensive line just started leaning them, mm-hmm. and they got tired. But, but yeah. Football, you know, football's is a lot like a, a prize fight, man. I mean, it's a game. It, it's a fight of attrition. If you can, if you can still stand there in, a, in, in the tenth or fifteenth round throwing punches, you, you're going to win. And that's what Kentucky did. They they, they kept taking uh, uh, the 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 line of scrimmage across and pushing Florida around, got them tired in that defensive front seven. And that's how. That's one of the reasons uh, that personnel groups and, and just the want to are the reasons why Kentucky ran the football so well in
2: the, in the second half. Yeah. I, I like the point you mentioned earlier too, Freddie, I'm, I'm going way back, but getting this early season momentum too. like, yeah, this makes, I mean, on the call-in show, it's basically a Mark Stoops party, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to have hundred or so family members coming into town for the Youngstown state game. He's got Kirk Street calling in, uh, Josh Allen calling in to congratulate him like this is this gets to be a fun week now. And I know, you know, when we talk about this game on 11 personnel later on in the week, like it like Youngstown State has some chops They're a top 25 FCS team. So, you know, you, you have to go out and execute. But this is this is a good opportunity to work on yourself and for the fans to just get excited about what they're seeing on the football field, because. You know, every football Frank out there, there's nothing you could do against Youngstown or Northern Illinois to prove that you fixed yep. something, especially on that offensive line. Like that second half, it really was the perfect way to end it. Even though we didn't get a 350 yard game from Levis, um, it was more important to show that you could move some bodies in the line of scrimmage, that you could play tough, that you could shove it right up Roman Harper's, you know what? And it, because that's what this team, they're, they're still tough SOBs. They, they've still got some stuff to figure out offensively. But you know what? The defense is buying them time. And, Freddie, I, I think that's it's, it was really important for the offense to show the defense that, too. It was, yeah. Uh, there have been some games out there where it looked like Chicago Bears or my Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, the Steelers, yeah. they, they, they almost lost in spite of a defense that forced five turnovers yesterday. What, yeah. what the hell's wrong with you, dude? What You have been defending – your team was in the Super Bowl last year and you're turning over five times and you, you – you, come on. What, so what,
0: hap, uh, what happens when your quarterback doesn't play all preseason and a uh, long snapper uh, tears up his arm? Man, The Steelers and, are going to be so bad, though. They uh, they almost lost. I felt like I was watching – Al- I, I felt like I was watching Kurt Ferentz in Iowa. Like, you could have <laughs> – Oh I could have closed God. my eyes and felt like I was watching a big team game. Did you see what Iowa has more punts
1: with 16 than points at 14? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Nick, back to your point. I, I will tell you this, knowing Mark that like I do. This week will be the hardest week of practice this
0: team has this season. That, the rat poison, right? Kentucky, like Florida dealt with the rat poison yeah. last week. Now yeah. Kentucky's this, feeling this with
1: Will it. be This will be the most uh, physical, humbling, in-your-face, Listen, we're 2-0, but you didn't play well against Miami, and you should have beaten Florida by 30, and you didn't. This is why. <laughs> but I, I seriously think this is going to be the hardest week of practice that Kentucky will have all year.
2: Oh, man. Well, I don't want to be a fly on that wall. But uh, I I am excited, though, for, uh, for Mark Stoops, winningest coach in Kentucky football history. And after – He got that big win. He showed a video that they had been working on it. They were they revealed to some folks at the Lexington kickoff launch, but it had highlights of every single victory from Mark Stoops' time at Kentucky. And here's my question to you guys: When Mark Stoops gets win 100, and they update this video, what's what are the play and or plays? What's the big one that we're going to remember this win by? I know they. All these wins over Florida are starting to run together. They don't stick out as much because there's so many of them, and it happens all the time. But what 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 what's the play that's going to stick out to you, Freddie?
1: The Jacquez Jones tackle on Richardson on the quarterback draw. I mean that to me said this is a this a you you may be being mentioned right now with every great that's ever played the game after <laughs> one game, but not tonight. Not tonight. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna do that to us. Tonight, so the Jock Jones tackle to me uh, is is how I would see the highlight of this game.
0: Yeah, I think when they're showing the package, it's gonna be that the pick six, then um, Kedren Smith cutting back, and you've got that picture um, that Dr. Mike uh, took, which oh. is a great picture of just yeah, it is. Smith cutting inside Richardson laid out. Yeah, that was just that was the game. It encapsulated the game to me. Um, Kentucky just in full control, and then Anthony Richardson just really is mind in a pretzel. Um, I think that 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 was uh, this game um, to me. Kentucky was just they were really they were they were all in on Florida. I think in the offseason. I think they they were so ready for that game um, from a coaching standpoint, from a scheme standpoint. Yeah, you got. You really have to tip your hat to Mark Stoops, Brad White, and we talked about. If they got, you know, it's a long season, and there's a lot of goals they want to accomplish. Um, but to get to their their number one one, to get to that Georgia game with a chance to play for a title, um, you, it would, Florida wasn't a must win, but it was pretty close to one. Um, and they and they got it early in college football. Like the momentum is so big early in the year because it can just carry over. Because uh, Kentucky can go out there and put a couple wins together, and they can go to Ole Miss with a lot of momentum, and then they can return home for a two-game home stand with a lot of momentum. Momentum, and it just it, you know you can just stack things together. Um, this was the first big block in in the, in the stack you're building, and to do it like they did it, I think there's a lot to take from the game and it's it's really promising I think for the team moving forward
2: It's it's funny because you all both mentioned plays that I would not have included I, like, I, I thought the Dane Key catch which was yeah. just one of the most impressive contested catches of the Mark Stoops era and then the Jordan Wright interception I mean yeah. like Jordan was, Wright is just a hilarious dude too like after the game he was like I was just trying to knock it down and I looked down and I squeezed and I caught it <laughs> that that guy is hilarious. um He's really good at the game of football too. And into lucky, like you mentioned this right off the top. We don't, I completely underestimated to Wright's impact on the game because he was hurt so much last year. He and he, he couldn't be who he who he is. And I, I I don't know what that means at the next level for him. But that guy is a freaking stud. Like he's just a great athlete. And and to really open up things. To, uh, like what brad white can do defensively the amount of looks that he was given pre-snap like it it, it reminded yeah. me of tennessee wow. when they got in those wide splits and kentucky's like what the hell is this yeah they they yeah. were
0: anthony richardson had never seen stuff like yeah. that before yeah never. we talked about right but jj weaver was to me just as good in that yeah. ball game um white was moving him around they were bringing him on twist up the middle um, he was just around Richardson a lot and got a, a handful of QB hits. Like I thought he in a bunch of run stuffs. I thought he was awesome. Yeah, in that game and just those two chess pieces, um, I thought I thought were a big part of Kentucky's success. Those, those two players and then um, obviously Square Jones were awesome inside of linebacker. The defensive line um, was excellent and I thought the secondary played connected um, and together um, the entire game and made plays when when the time came to make plays, and we talked about lack of ball production last year, but they got it. Yeah. This game. But Carrington Valentine made some competitive plays. Kedron Smith missed some tackles, but he made some plays on the ball, and then I thought the safeties were were both really good, and got. And plus Guy year when the limited snaps he played, I thought he was good as well. So, just an outstanding, I think, team performance from that defense.
1: Last week, I was – I mean, you know how we all do a thousand shows, podcasts, or whatever, and – Somebody asked me who, who would I rather have in this game, Chris Rodriguez or Jordan Wright, and I picked Jordan Wright all day long. I mean, nothing against the great Chris Rodriguez, but you know, one of our keys to the game was maintaining and, and, and contain right. You contain that edge, contain uh, the flat, and, and Wright and Weaver did a fantastic job of that. I and mean, you didn't see Richardson get the edge. You saw yeah. they got the edge a couple times, but. You didn't see Richardson get the edge, and that's that's big. Yeah. I don't think he's going to have very many more games this season that he rushes for four yards.
2: Right. I, I'm with you, Freddie. And I, I remember our boss saying, too, like, you know, I think the defense is going to be good, but I don't know what pros are out there. And here's the thing this defense is so gnarly. These guys are going to play their way into being pros. Like, that, that's how it works. Uh, a, lot, a lot
1: of scouts there last night and, or Saturday at GMs, too. A lot of
2: scouts, a yeah. lot of scouts, a lot of talent out there on the Kentucky football field. Um and we, we appreciate all y'all for listening to this has been fun, it's been a t- exhausting week, but yes. uh, we love it, we live for this. Um, and we do get to kind of enjoy this win. Uh Mark Stoops going will be whooping our ass on the practice field, so we can kind of relish in it, roll around in it a little bit more. Um you wanna I, go to
1: Python with me Friday.
2: You know what, Freddie? I think you got that. I, I think you got sure. it taken care of. Um okay. you got this, but that should be a great game between Pipeville and Belfry. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah.
1: both of them are state, defending state champions. Uh, for me, that's a two-and-a-half, three-hour drive down, do the game, return trip at 8 o'clock pregame show Saturday morning. So, Whew. yeah, it's going to be a rough, uh, rough few days. Freddie,
2: if you need to tag me in, you can. But it, it is going to be fun watching the Penguins come up here uh, from Youngstown State. Uh, you know, the whole family is going to be there. Uh, Mark Stoops said he doesn't know if Mitch is ready for all this Youngstown. <laughs> uh, so I quickly uh, power rank your Youngstown people. Like it, just your Youngstown, Kentucky guys. Oh, that's <sighs> Stoops. Okay, man. Mark,
0: Mark, Bob, Vince, oh, Bob, Maurice, Claret, Bo Pelini. Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bolden. Jordan Jones, Frank
2: Buffano. Oh, people forget about Jordan Jones. Uh, Courtney Love. Courtney Love. Yeah. Um, who else is from? Luke Fulton. Yeah. We're missing some Youngstown, aren't we, Freddie?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go Mark Vance, Courtney Love.
2: Here we go. Big three. Big three. But it is it is gonna be a special weekend at the University of Kentucky. Noon kickoff. I believe this is SEC Network. Um, yes, we'll be getting you cranked up for it all week long. Enjoying more of the Florida game. Hope we enjoyed. Y'all enjoyed this podcast. Drew will be back um, with his voice. Hopefully, with a little. Um, he he celebrated it. Left it all back. In Did he New- lose it?
0: Did he lose it on the K- Kentucky game or the the Titans crumble in the fourth quarter?
2: Oh, man, that was a bad crumble, too. That was a bad crumble. I, I, I'd i be all crumpled up as well after that. But, hey, my team didn't lose this week, Luckett, so I wouldn't know. Right. All right? Two yeah. done.
1: One of mine did. Jacksonville went down.
2: So. Yeah, they blew that one, too. Freaking right. Carson Wentz. Yeah.
0: That Gosh. was good. one of many crazy endings on NFL Sunday. That was a nutty one o'clock window. But they- it was just a nutty football weekend. And it
2: makes it – it's more yeah. enjoyable to watch and enjoy, yeah. like, AM. and uh, folding like a blanket, <laughs> you know. I mean, what I a bunch way too
1: much. Way too <laughs> much. I enjoyed that. I mean, you know what? They have the seven, three, two, one, whatever recruiting class in the last four years. I wouldn't even want to guess what the return on investment in NIL is Oh, and team. on their coaching and,
2: staff too. You and know? their
1: coaching staff, and they lose the Appalachian State. I could not love that more. I mean, I enjoyed that way, way too much. I don't know why. And was, I like a.m., but I I just really enjoyed that.
0: It was so crazy that it was 1 a.m. before I realized that Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern. <laughs> I turned on the and I was like, so I was, I was I was like I thought something like, Well, I thought I was close. What was that final score? And he was like, Georgia Southern won. I said, Nebr- Nebraska lost again. Really uh, you make- act so
2: surprised, like it. It's Scott <laughs> Ross. lost all. another
0: close game. Yeah,
2: which by oh, the way, no. it All Vegas, whoever's betting on Mark Stoops to take that Nebraska job, Vegas is just laughing at you and taking your money. Don't be an idiot. Like He wouldn't touch that job with a 100-foot pole. Not even a 10. 10 10-foot poles are too close for Mark Stoops to that job. So it's silly. Don't even think about it. It's silly. It's dumb. It's stupid. Stoops is Kentucky's head football coach. He's the winningest Kentucky football head coach. He's going to be for a long time we appreciate y'all hanging out with us tonight we got to get out of here a little bit early but big shout out to our friends at justice dental and prize picks use the promo code ksr to double your initial deposit for adam Luckett, freddie maggard i'm nick rouse we'll see you next week on the ksr football podcast